snow. All this dope I stepped on. Real get the rest gone. Then that nigga, what else you want? Power, power, respect. Hello, what is up everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you are now listening to or watching the PowerCast. And today we will be recapping Power Book 4 Force Season 2, Episode 10. And the title of the episode was Power, Powder and Respect. Um, And I'm joined today by Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed. And I am also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing today, Dana? I am very happy and excited to talk about this final episode of the season two. We made it. So, yay. Oh, yeah, we made it. I'm glad we made it. Um, yeah, this this is the finale of for season two so you know this is the episode where we get to take the gloves off and discuss everything for the whole you know season we get to look back at the whole thing um and kind of analyze it in detail but um yeah this was this was a an interesting finale um and i know we have a lot of thoughts on this um some of them are varied you know some of them are kind of opposing thoughts but uh we're gonna have a good discussion today about you know this episode i'm pretty sure and i can't wait to see what the people think also but before we get there you know just a friendly reminder to the people please do join in leave your comments you know let us know what you think of the episode and of you know our thoughts here on the powercast uh please do that and then also hit the like button and subscribe to the channel also and uh we we also have a sibling channels as well so coalition gaming if you're into video games and coalition entertainment if you're into uh entertainment stuff and i believe they are actually uh well yeah they are um recapping the invincible season two over there at the moment so if you guys are into that show you definitely want to go over there and check out the you know the recap show for that so yeah please do that um we're going to get right into this because I know the people want to hear us talk about this finale. Um, I want to see what, you know, the, the reception is because I feel like there's going to be a mixed kind of reaction to this one. But um, <laughs> it is my turn to go first with the takeaways this week. So I'm going to, you know, dive right into my thoughts on this finale. So first things first, Um now, it, it seems to me like Janard and Janard and Shanti have kind of been dark horses this whole season. Um, of course, Janard, you know, his trajectory started off in a different way this season because he had the whole uh, addiction, you know, storyline. He started off with, with that. And then uh, Shanti, you know, she was kind of giving him guidance and leading him, you know, Uh, along the way and stuff which was kind of cool to see but then around the midpoint you know it starts to seem like their bond was you know taking a turn 
and that they actually wanted to seize power a little bit, you know, which is a common theme, common trope in this show, of course. Um, and, you know, that that in itself was interesting to see, you know, just seeing the, the changes in Shanti. And now, you know, we've kind of come full circle here. And, uh, you know, Janard and Shanti, they're kind of like a, a dynamic du- duo in a way. Uh, it seems like they have a shared motive in wanting to kind of take control of the whole, um, you know, the whole distribution and they want to push Tommy out. Uh, now we know that Janard actually, he, you know, if, if he can help it, he wants to keep diamond in the mix, you know, cause that is his brother. And uh, one scene that I really, really enjoyed in this episode, in this finale was when Janard actually went to talk to King Kilo. So we we saw what happened in this episode where, you know, D-Mac, he's he's with his uh he's with his friend. Uh, I forgot the friend's name. Uh do, do you know the friend's name, Rich? D-Mac's friend? I forgot. Marshall. Marshall. There you go. So mm-hmm. D-Mac is with Marshall, and Marshall presents him with another another weapon, another gun. And then, you know, he follows that up by telling DMAC that, um, you know, the CBI is looking for, for Mad Dog. They, they want him dead, but they can't kill him because he's related to King Kilo. Um, and DMAC hears that and he, you know, he uh, immediately starts thinking of a way to get back in CBI, you know. So then later on, DMAC, he, he, uh, he pulls up on Mad Dog. And kills him and snaps a picture of it, you know. And then he takes that back to Diamond to show him. So, so yeah, this sets off a spiral of events because now, um, if they mess up, you know, if, if if they mess up the situation with King Kilo, then the RDs will back out of the coalition and stuff. And then, you know, King Kilo becomes an enemy. So, you know, Janara tells Diamond that he'll go talk to King Kilo to kind of, you know, straighten things out. And he, he does kind of do that, I guess. You know, he uh, he talks to him. Um, King Kilo makes it clear that he wants to, when like he's, he said he's getting out soon. And when he gets out, he wants to uh, basically, you know, kill kill everybody, <laughs> basically. And then uh, Janard tells him, look, if you just keep the RDs in the coalition, then, you know, we'll... Um, I'll, I'll personally give you DMAC when I get out because this guy has been a problem for us too. So Janard makes a promise that he is going to give up DMAC to King Kilo in order to, to keep the RDs in the coalition. And then, you know, later on, we see that, uh, we see that, uh, what's it, Shanti, you know, she's playing along with Tommy's plan. She's helping Tommy set up you know, Claudia and, and, uh, and Merkovich, because she's the one who gives him the details of where they're going to be, you know? Um, so she's the one that gives him that information and allows him to line up the plan of having the cops take down, you know, Merkovich's cartel, uh, the Marquez cartel and, and Claudia. So she helps him set that up. So she's playing along with Tommy. And then at the very end, we see, that Janard actually sends the, the, the picture of uh, of Tommy and Maria together 
to Miguel, you know, which leads to the final scene of the episode. Um, so yeah, like th- this is the reason for my, uh, my little name here on the screen, which is double agent, you know, because uh, Shanti, she played that mask masterfully, you know, she played that double agent role because she, she pretty much played everybody. She played Tommy, she played Claudia, you know, and she was pretty convincing while doing it too, you know? So um, that is a very interesting story uh, to me. That was, that was a very interesting part of the episode just to see that, like, cause, cause throughout the episode, it seemed like Tommy was really the mastermind. Cause you know, he set up a lot in this episode. He set, he set up Merkovich and Claudia to take the fall and stuff, you know? Um, and he had Claudia killed, you know, finally, <laughs> but yeah, so he set up a lot of things in this episode. But you know, so was Jukebox and Janard. They they were playing the long game, it seems. So um, you know, that was a, a pretty interesting point to see in, in this episode, I think. Like, and and that was a scene that really stood out to me, that Janard King Kilo scene. Um, because it shows as well that I I still think that Janard wants to protect diamond but but yeah he he has no problems with taking out tommy and of course the whole purpose of him sending the picture to miguel is so miguel will take out tommy so he doesn't care about tommy at all but i i think he he does want to protect his brother you know and because he doesn't care about tommy he also doesn't care about dmac because he's now promised to give up dmac so Pretty interesting um, setup there for for season three, whenever that does roll around. But uh, that's the first takeaway. So my next takeaway, um, and I, I I feel like Richard might say something about this as well when when he when we get to his takeaways. <laughs> but um, so yeah, like basically, Tommy has chosen. He's chosen to wear the crown over his family. Like he, he he chose the streets and the life over his family because we see in this episode, right, that he gives his mother cocaine. She 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 relapses and she overdoses even. And you know, he comes home and he sees her overdosing and he, he just stands there, you know, he just stands there watching, just looking. And you could say, well, maybe he was in shock, you know, maybe he couldn't believe it or whatever. But but then, you know, JP comes in, you know, he's immediately like concerned and trying to help her out, get her to the hospital and everything. And then, you know, we see uh, Tommy later on at the hospital, you know, he comes to the hospital with JP um, and he's asking for Maria and stuff like while he's there and stuff, you know, he sees Maria's friend and he asks about her. Uh, but then, yeah, we have that 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 uh, kind of touching scene between um, Tommy and JP, where JP rejects Tommy, like he basically gives him back the keys to the bar, and you know he makes it clear like he doesn't want anything to do with him anymore. You know he was warned that Tommy was trouble before, and you know now with the whole DMAC thing thrown in there too, like he he thinks he's a bad influence, I guess so. He doesn't want anything to do with him. So, like, it's it's almost like Tommy's family has disowned him now. Um, and we know that DMAC is upset with him, too, for sending him away. So, like, his family now just doesn't mess with him 
And what was funny is like, I think it was literally in the next scene, we see Tommy back back at a meeting with Che or something. And he he looks completely unconcerned about what had what just happened with his family. Like this it's like the street life is really what he's about, like at this point. Like he's knee deep in the game and he, he doesn't show any concern, any emotion whatsoever about what just happened with his family. It's just back to business as usual. <laughs> so it's like he has completely chosen the street life. Like he is all the way in at this point. Like, and you know, that that's interesting to see now. Now I don't know if because he is in love with Maria, I don't know if this relationship can maybe save him and give him some more humility and more, you know, um make him more in tune with his family and that side of himself. But at this present moment, he has completely lost all ability to kind of care about his his family, it seems, because, you know, he showed no emotion whatsoever um, in that instance. So that that surprised me. Um, and, you know, I want to see what would, would happen if, for instance, somebody did give up DMAC, you know, uh, what would happen then? How would he react? You know, would he... Would he uh, take on board the critique that maybe it was his fault as well? You know, so that's something that maybe could be explored in in season three. But we'll talk about that some more later because I do have some questions on that. But but yeah, that was uh, one of my takeaways. And the final one is um, so, you know, this this episode was very kind of unexpected and um it i'll i'll just say this it it under delivered in some of what we were expecting cuz some of us might have been expecting a bloodbath we might have been expecting you know bodies to to be dropping left or right you know um the streets need a body and all that but you know there there was things were resolved in ways that we didn't think they would be you know, in this, um, in this episode. And one of those things was, you know, Tommy and Miguel. So, I mean, some people might've seen this coming, but, but basically they are like, they're on an equal playing field now and they are the competition for each other basically. So of course, you know, after, uh, after the whole setting up of the Serbs and Claudia, you know, Tommy goes to, to meet with Shay and, you know, he, he basically tells them, you know, we, we've taken care of business. Miguel hasn't been cutting it. So, you know, now that there's, a, you know, this open space in the market, we want to fill that. We want to take over Miguel's whole operation and, and everything like that. Right. But Shay, you know, he he doesn't go that route. He, he basically says um, he says, you know, uh, Miguel is going to fall in line now, now that. You know, now that the Serbs are dealt with, I can control him and everything. He'll fall in line, but you guys can basically replace the Serbs. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I'll deal with you directly, but we're, we're all three of us are going to be in this together. And those three being CBI, Che, and Miguel. So it's, you know, now they're basically equals. Like Tom, C, CBI is equal to Miguel. And, um, that is a, a pretty interesting um, way to play it, I think, because Miguel was a pretty good 
villain this season. I, I, I wouldn't say he was one of the best. Definitely not one of the best. But his character, you know, is like some aspects of his character are interesting. Like the fact that he's sick, you know, the fact that he brings that kind of, um, you know, Hispanic Mexican culture to the table. You know, some aspects of his character I really like. Um, you know, the the whole him and Maria dynamic with him being the overprotective brother. So I, I do want to, I do want him and Maria to stay around just because I feel like there's more to explore with, with the characters. So this is a, a pretty interesting way to do it. But I just hope that if they, you know, that in season three, I hope that they really kind of go deep with it because this season I feel like they could have explored a lot more. I feel like the pacing was a bit messed up with the story they were trying to tell with Miguel and, and uh, Maria. Like, I feel like it wasn't perfectly executed, but now that we're, we're getting another season of them, you know, I feel like there's potential there to really go deep and explore the characters further, um, which is good. So I just hope that, you know, um, now that they're going this this route, I hope that they deliver it the right way and that we see some some good quality storytelling in the next season, you know, from from this whole dynamic, you know, this whole competitors dynamic between Tommy and Miguel. Um, and I think that was the ending was uh, it, it was cool. I think by the time we got there, we kind of saw it coming because M- Maria was kind of missing for a little bit. So we kind of got the hint that something was going on, you know, um, or something was going to happen. So, yeah, like, I think we saw it coming, but, you know, it was still, it was still interesting to see, you know, and then Miguel's burning the tickets, like they were planning to go away and everything. Miguel burns the tickets and he says, you're never going to see Maria again, you know? So I I actually want to know where is Maria at that moment? You know, where is she? Is she locked in her bedroom or something? Like, like what what did he do i don't think he hurt her in a, in any way um i don't think he would actually hurt her yet but yeah um it's going to be interesting to see how how that um plays out when the next season picks up um and i wonder if it's going to pick up right where it leaves off like literally moments after that phone call you know maybe so we'll have to wait and see but yeah um there's also a lot more to discuss. You know, those are my three takeaways for now. But of course, the whole Vic thing, that is another thing that has to be discussed. But um, I'm sure you guys are going to mention it. You know, I'm sure Richard and Dana here are going to mention that in their takeaways. But we'll also have a, more of a, a, a debate or discussion about it later on. Because uh, that is a big point in this episode that we need to discuss. But overall... This, this wasn't the finale I thought it was going to be, but they, they did what they needed to do, I guess. But, you know, it it, it just felt a little underwhelming somewhat. But, um, you know, it, it had its moments. It had its moments to shine. But, you know, I just kind of expected a little bit more. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great. So I'll say that it was it was, it was cool. It was cool, a cool watch. You know, I watched it three times just to see if I would feel different every time. And yeah, it's just, it's just cool. You know, it's cool. I'll, I'll leave it at that. 
But let's hear from uh, Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. Let's see what he has to say about this episode. So when you're ready, Rich, hit us with your takeaways. First and foremost, uh, excellent takeaways as always, Gary. And I'm looking forward to also hearing what Dana has to say. So before I get into my takeaways, let me just give a shout out to all of the awesome comments that we saw last week. You know, people like Tracy Lee. I really, really like the comments because some of y'all actually predicted some stuff that actually happened in this episode. So I think that y'all all have a talent for figuring out certain stuff. And I think that some of you should be writing for this show because you may write better stuff than the stuff we actually see on the show itself. So I just want to give a shout out to everybody and I'll give more shout outs later in the show. But as for this episode, uh, you know, I will say this. It was an entertaining episode, but it was a, a, a very uh, unsatisfying finale for me because of a lot of things that happened in, in, in that happened in the actual show. So let me start off with let's start off with uh, Claudia in this episode. You already mentioned that uh she got arrested and we saw that she got stabbed while she was in jail while she was talking to Shanti and Tommy. Now, Gary, you mentioned that Claudia is dead. Uh I don't believe the character is dead because when I went back and I watched it a second time, I saw she got stabbed and she was bleeding out. We didn't actually see her die she could have passed out momentarily but you know the character isn't dead and because shanti was so adamant oh yeah claudia is dead now now i believe that the character is is still alive and to add on to that point another character that survived in this episode Merkovich. this guy gets injured but still gets arrested so i mean the thing is is that this guy is still alive he somehow managed to survive going into season three um and the thing about it is that, you know, I kind of I kind of feel like that was a mistake not to take out this character because he can expose all of the other people. If one thing we do know is that Stacy is obsessed with getting Tommy. So now you have Merkovich. What type of information can he give her about Tommy? That's why I say you got to You got to take out the loose ends. And I feel when they had episode eight titled. No more loose ends, and yet characters are still alive. That's kind of like you're asking for more trouble. So let's see what happens next season. But I, I don't think Merkovich and the Serbs are going to go away. I don't think that the Martez cartel are going to go away either. Those A lot of those people are still alive, so that means there's still a liability. So let's see where they go from here. Second takeaway of this episode. Let's talk about Diamond and Jannard in this episode. Obviously, uh, Diamond did make a very interesting decision to let Jannard know how Tommy and him gained power over Miguel. I thought it was very interesting information to tell him that because obviously you trust him. He's your brother. But uh, Jannard is in a very uh, sticky situation because he is working with Shanti. They obviously have their own agenda to take over to get some power, but he still will side and look out for his brother. But again, Diamond also did rely on Jannard in this episode to basically broker this deal with King Kilo, which says, yes, so we know that D-Mac, he ended up killing uh, your your uh, nephew. Uh, so what we will do is we will deliver him to you on a platter as soon as you get out of jail, just so long as you keep the business going with the RDs. So I want to see where they're going with that. Obviously, Jannara did run this plan by Diamond before he had the conversation. So 
I want to see where they're going with that because this is something that Tommy does not know. Tommy doesn't know. He knows DMAC is out. He does not know that DMAC is now going to be used as the collateral for what happened. So I want to see where they're going with this. That's obviously going to be a big problem. And to go to the point that you said earlier, Gary, about uh, you're not really sure how they're going to play this whole thing between JP and Tommy. Obviously, if Tommy saves DMAC, I think JP, that, that fixes that relationship. They still need to talk about a, a couple of, of other things, but I feel like that is something that they definitely are going to be looking to do going into the uh, next season. And the last thing I will say about Jannard and Shanti, like you said, Gary, Shanti is the master uh, manipulator. She's the one that really had the master plan in this episode because, yes, she did work with Tommy because Tommy told her his master plan to take out Claudia but then she and Jannard decided to send that picture anonymously to Miguel. That's a very important point about it being anonymously. So that means at some point, Tommy could find out next season who sent the picture. But, you know, I want to see how they handle that because Tommy, obviously, he has a lot of things to worry about. And one thing I will say, because I am going to about to go into the third takeaway, uh, what you said, Gary, about Tommy in this episode uh, he, you know, he has the whole hard conversation with JP. And then the next scene, you see him going at, you know, pretty much in the same in the same bar that he basically, you know, gave the keys to JP in the first place in the same bar, basically talking as if there's no there's no issues. I, I, I want to add on to that and say I found it funny how in that scene where Tommy, obviously, he sees that Kate is OD and does nothing. The very next scene, you see Tommy, now he's rushing to the hospital. So I, I just want to say, maybe there's an editing issue, because that was a very dramatic change right there for the character. Obviously, you know, he is there to see Maria, obviously, too. Yes, we know that's what his real intention was, but he did also want to see what happened with his Kate. With Kate. But I just thought that was a very funny transition to go from that scene to the next scene, and then Tommy's back in the hospital where it looks as though he didn't really care what was happening to Kate in the previous scene. It's pretty hilarious. So I just want to make a, a comment about that. But finally, my final takeaway for this episode about Tommy and Vic in this, in this particular finale. Now, Tommy does tell Diamond at the beginning of this episode, once he finds out that Vic is the, is, is, is the snitch, I'm going to kill Vic. And he has this whole elaborate plan about basically delivering, basically telling Vic the location of the meat, getting him to go to that location, and basically basically try to set it up. But what he basically does, he tells him the meat of where, well, he basically gives gives him the intel, and, and he knows that Vic is obviously going to tell this intel. I don't think that Tommy is aware that his, uh, that his, his loft is bugged yet. But, I mean, he does know that Vic is talking to Stacy, so he tells him this information, and of course, this is how you set up Claudia. I, I didn't have an issue with that because he had to get payback on Claudia, right? That was the whole point of by the end of the season, he needed to do something to get payback on her. So I didn't have any issues with that. Obviously, he had the whole plan of getting the tickets with uh, to Barcelona with Maria. Was fine with that because, yes, he's trying to get away. But I did like how they had the conversation where he told her, just so you know, no matter what, I'm always going to come back here because the streets – this is my life. This is what I live for. So I can go away with you on a vacation, whatever, but I always got to come back here. So I thought that was a very good dialogue to have because we know this is what Tommy is all about. He's about this life. 
okay? But here's the issue with the episode, all right? And obviously, I think you know where I'm going with this. Um, I just kind of find it ridiculous that obviously you know that Vic is the snitch. You make a decision not to take him out. And then you tell Diamond at the end of this episode, oh, yeah, just imagine what we can do. We can use him to basically work for us. Okay, in theory, that makes sense. But Diamond asked some excellent questions like, so what happens when Vic finds out? You think he won't know that you know that he's a snitch? How do you think he's going to react to that? And we saw at the end of this episode, Vic figures out Tommy has found out the truth. He's going to do something to me. And then you have Stacy basically now on the phone back and forth with Vic talking about, oh, we need to get somebody to save Vic. I just want to say this because we are going to get into the Vic conversation later. I think it's a very weak excuse for Tommy to take that approach. It's it's not something we would see of the character to just let somebody slide. But yet this same character was so adamant about wanting to kill and take out Jannard if he was a snitch. So. I can't wait for us to have this discussion because I personally feel if Jannard was a snitch, he would have got killed in this episode. You're not going to delay this whole thing just because you want to keep Vic alive. And that to me, that, that to me is a sign. They didn't know what they were doing with the Vic character at the end of the season. They couldn't make a decision as to whether or not they're going to kill him or whatever. I could be totally wrong, but Hey, for right now, from a viewer standpoint, it shows me that they are confused with what they're doing with the character. So. I don't really like that direction because it's an, it's, it's, it's a poor excuse. Anytime somebody snitches. And then the thing is, is that you still have him talking to, to, to Stacy and them. So yeah, they have a phone. Maybe they know where he's at. They'll easily probably get to him next season. The first episode, they'll probably get right to him, protect him, save him, whatever. We have to see how that plays out. But I just feel like there's not really a reason for this character to still be around, especially after snitching. Well, we know that pretty much in everything that we have seen before, if you snitch, that's it for the character. There's no coming back from that. So I want to see how they are going to craft a masterful story to explain this next season. But I just have to say, to me, that was very underwhelming that they took that approach. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody has to say about this. I've seen a lot of people online talking about who was going to die in the finale? Like it's some big surprise that they think. And, 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 and from a standpoint of that, I would say I was very disappointed because I wanted to see more people getting taken out in the finale. But hey, it is what it is. We can agree that this season was better than the first season, obviously. But this show is not as good a show as people say and believe it is. There's another show coming on in December. Just stay tuned for that show. That show blows this one out the water. But that's all I got to say for now. That's my takeaways for this episode. Let's hear what Dana has to say. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Rich went crazy on, on, on that one. <laughs> Rich was. I do not stand by anything that Richard doesn't <laughs> say. Because, no. Do not direct your smoke at me. I am smokeless. I like this finale. I thought they did a great job at storylines that needed to be closed were closed. And storylines that needed to be open stayed open. This is a series. This is not a movie. In terms of everything is not supposed to come to a conclusion. And I appreciate that. We got closure on some things. We got things that are open with and we have question marks for other things. What I really liked with this, it seemed like it was trying to 
rehab itself from season one. We're getting rid of loose ends and certain ties that we don't really need when it comes to season three or really in season two. And we've seen less and less, for example, when it came to Kate and JP, their characters we saw less and less of. Uh, JP was more, you know, doing his own thing at the bar and, and, and taking care of Kate. And Kate, her bigger arc was trying to get acceptance and an apology, you know, here's my, my apology. I am sorry for this and this and this. The problem with apologies is the person who's doing the apologizing wants to be uh, forgiven. They want to make amends, but they don't sometimes cannot understand and realize that the person they're apologizing to is going to say no. Can walk away and say, I don't want anything to do with you. And that is what I I think she's coming back. With, okay. Am I? Did I go away? Yeah, uh, you cut out for Can a second. Can you hear me? But, oh, you're good now. Yeah. Okay. Kate has a vastly different relationship with Tommy than she does of JP. That was from season one. She was there for JP. She wasn't there for Tommy. And in certain ways, in certain ways, she was and wasn't there. JP is the kind of person who's more forgiven, who can forgive her as opposed to Tommy, because he had a more of a direct influence on his life. We've seen Kate with Tommy more than we have with JP. And what I mean by that is there's a lot more that Tommy has to sit down and forgive when it comes to his relationship with his mother than say JP. Oh, you abandoned me was it because I was black. As opposed to you didn't so much abandon me physically, but you kind of did abandon me physically, as well as emotionally and, and, and everything else. And your influence and you being in my life did more harm than say if you was to walk away. Therefore, I believe this is why JP and Kate can go off and have their separate relationship as opposed to Tommy and Kate. I don't think that that he's basically, he wouldn't allow her to apologize. He threw the drugs in her face. So for me, I felt like this is a way, and even JP said, stay away from the family that we have. I felt that the JP Kate situationship of in relation to Tommy wasn't really something that was necessary. It wasn't like, oh, how is JP going to change Tommy's life? He was there, he recognized he had family, but JP cutting him off, does this really impact Tommy at the end of the day? Is he going to go to bed crying at night that he misses his brother and his mom? I don't believe that it is. And I believe that this is something that has to be cut off so that they can move the Tommy story forward. Now, we do have Darnell, who's in the mix, that's dum-dum, who seems to be worse than Tyreek was. Um, I feel that he has to die, and we know that he's going to die. It's just a matter of when and a matter of who. Who's going to take him out? 
and when will that happen? This JP character, not JP, DMAT character, I feel if he does die, when he does die, it'll just further push JP and Kate away from Tommy, which again is something that we need in the story because for me, they really shouldn't have been included in the first place. Not really. So I'm fine with that. Another thing that really struck me was how much I love the fact that um, Claudia, we don't know whether or not she's alive or dead, but Tommy did always say, I'm gonna get you. It may not be when, you, when you're looking, but I'm gonna get you. And what perfect way for that to happen. And also, had it not been for Vic, who basically got to, you know, he, was, he did the recording in order for Claudia to get arrested in the first place to end up in jail for Tommy to set up her getting stabbed. So I think that that dynamic worked great. It worked for both Vic and it worked for both Tommy. Whether or not she's dead, we don't know. If she is dead, rest in peace. If she's not, she can come back an even stronger threat to the family. How that would happen, I don't exactly know. But she does have people on the outside. She has her girlfriend that I strongly believe will is a ride or die and will die no matter what. So we have that dynamic. Shanti's all over the place. I truly don't. She's trying to be number one. I don't even know how she's going to accomplish that or what's go. She's mulling the mole. It's, it's a lot with her. But I do like how they finally did Claudia in. It was something that we kept waiting for and kept waiting for since the Liliana's death. You know, the ghost of Liliana, avenge me. And she, he was fine, she was finally avenged. And it worked out. I, I liked how they executed it. Um, and kind of lastly, we do have the situation with uh, Mira, uh, the girl, Myra, and also Miguel. I feel that sometimes the best payback in Miguel's situation is not necessarily death, but to have to work, to force that person to work with you. Knowing that you got outsmarted and that person is always just angry and looking at you and trying to get their revenge and and seeing whether or not they can even enact enact their revenge because Miguel's character we've stated before at least I have seems to be extremely weak we first was introduced to him like oh this is great this is strong he's burning off hands he's freezing hands there's a hand obsession and then that just kind of went away and he just kind of dissipated and now with his mother dead it's like, I'm going to avenge you, Ma, but you couldn't even get Miguel. Not Miguel, you couldn't get uh, Nunez. You couldn't get the other cartel. So it's like, to me, you don't really seem like much of a threat anymore. He could easily be an errand boy for the next season. And that is the, just suffer as an errand boy. So I don't have any problems with them not killing him off. Um, that was something that, you know, once we realized that they're not really going to do anything with this character. Eh. Now the whole thing with Myra. I don't like how she is written. I don't like the, he sees me and I see him. I don't, I don't get that. 
I feel that she is just there to service maybe the male audience. You know, oh, it's Myra, she's gorgeous. And she is great, but it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, she accepts Tommy's lifestyle. That's great and that's good. She stood up to Kate. That's great and that's good. She really doesn't care what he does. But for me, the issue is I haven't met that ride or die yet. I'm willing to do anything for you because I understand you. In a way, they've again, they've been kind of secret and hanging off in the corner. And with this kidnapping, hopefully she's dead, but with this kidnapping, maybe it will require her to do more action instead of just talking. Let's go to Barcelona. I love you. You see me. I want you to do action. I want you to step up with, with what you're doing. And so hopefully with this kidnapping, that is what we see in the next season. But overall, for me, it didn't move me. Um, I do appreciate from a writer's standpoint how it was like a cliffhanger. Oh, what happened? We have something to look forward to in the next season. But overall, it just wasn't that. It didn't have the impact that I think the writers wanted because, again, I don't know anything about her. I know that she belongs to the family. I know that she works in a hospital. I know that she's a nurse. She keeps saying that Tommy sees her. For what? I don't know any qualities where you could say, yeah, I see that he sees that in her and she likes that and she dislikes this. I don't know anything about her. We haven't really lived with her. We haven't learned much of anything. So hopefully, with the way of how she was kidnapping, it can, she can either die or live, but it leaves that openness so that if she does die, we can just move on quickly, I feel. But for Tommy, we know it's not, and then that's going to be another Avenge Me. So we'll see how that goes. But those were kind of like the mean, the, 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 the three main takeaways. Uh, you know, DMAC is an idiot, and uh, I, don't, I don't know what he was trying to accomplish. And I, again, I know the actor may be very green, but this was getting very Tubi movie for me. You know, I belong to the streets. You know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, this is this is not. Tariq would laugh at too. And it's weird because they had that kind of same starting point. But uh, we'll see. Oh, yeah. Excellent takeaways from uh, from both of you. Um, yeah, both both of you made great points that, you know, I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, Rich was going off. You know, I, I was very impressed with his <laughs> takeaways. But Dana, you you had you made some great points about, uh, you know, the family. Um, like this is like the, this, this is kind of a new star for Tommy venturing off on his own, becoming the king that he always wanted to be or whatever. So, you know, maybe that part of his his uh, story can go away for a little bit and while he develops, I guess. So yeah, um, great points. And then oh, I, I also agree with how Maria is written. Like, I don't think she's written as, as well as she could be. So great, great uh, points there. So I guess, you know, let's not delay it. Let's, let's get into our questions because we, we do need to discuss one very important thing. And I know <laughs> the people want to hear our take on, on this. So the whole Vic thing, right? 
and Rich, you you was you was touching on this and you did a great job with what you were saying, in my opinion. Like, um, you know, I, I share with your frustrations on this. So, you know, with the Vic thing, the question I want to ask you guys is, you know, and Rich did allude to this, but has stars written themselves into a corner with the Vic character? And the reason I want to ask this, you know, is like, first of all, I, w- I want to know if you see a way out for this character. Like if you see a way for his story to progress in a meaningful way, because the reason, you know, I have to ask this is, you know, Rich, like Rich said, uh, very often when a character becomes a snitch like Vic, he's he's on borrowed time. He's on limited time, you know, before they, they catch up to him now. They do have the opportunity here to tell a different story where the snitch lives on, I guess. But is, you know, how are they going to make it work? Because it's only so long you can play this like, you know, you could do this. Tommy is using him to play the, the, uh, you know, the the task force like that. That's not going to carry on for very long, especially now that Vic knows that Tommy knows and. You know, so I don't know how exactly they're going to play that angle exactly. But, you know, so the question is, like, do you think they've written themselves into a corner or do you see a way for this character to kind of live on and be, uh, you know, a valuable character to the show? Because, I mean, we're talking about a street show, a, a, a crime street, you know, a gritty street fiction, you know, tale here. And in, in these you know, the the rules are if you snitch, you know, you're not respected. So he's not going to be a respected character anymore, no matter what happens. So how do you see this playing out with Vic and have they written themselves into a corner? So I'm going to go to Dana first, you know, because she seems like she has some thoughts on that. So Dana, what do you think about that? I mean, the main question we have to ask was when was Vic ever respected? No one respected him. Even his father really didn't respect him. He was, he was just, he accepted him because he was a, a man. I mean, we all know that Claudia was way more competent. And even he knew that his daughter was going to competent. She said sexism wouldn't let her be the lead. Uh, so respect is never going to be there. What's more interesting is this. I think for a moment, it reminds me of remember when and not this episode but the previous episode where the guy thought he shot Tommy and he played dead and then they started talking and he was like oh I'm yeah go I'm gonna let you go and the guy was like really and he got excited and he took off running and was like nah and then he killed him anyway I think that's what we're gonna see with the Vic character we're gonna see Tommy toy with his prey before he kills him and this, I enjoy this as opposed to just some big shootout and then Vic is dead. Because Vic has been trying to escape the family since season one. And that just backfired terribly from, from scene to scene to scene. Uh, where he found himself kind of trapped in this mold situation with Stacy. So I think that Tommy, what he did earlier is what he's going to do later on. He's going to kind of continue to play with him. And the fact that Vic knows that he knows, he can play with him back as well. They can play with each other. Oh, this sounds really pause. But they're going to play with each other. Um, And 
I think it could be really fun to watch. Now, at the same time, Vic does not have the upper hand in anything. If Claudia is alive, she's definitely still going to probably come for Vic, uh, no matter what. Because she can figure out different parts of what really happened. Um, and remember, she did say, they did say when they arrested her, we have your confession on tape. It was your brother. So we have that as well. Um, but just for the meantime, it would be kind of okay if he was to kind of have to obey what, what, what um, Tommy is saying. But at the same time, he's upset about Stacy. So he could be feeding information that Stacy and them have on Tommy to Tommy as well. It's just really oh, just a wait and see paranoid moment because we do know he's going to die eventually. Unless even if he does end up living, that would be a massive oversight on Tommy's end. But then you also have Jannard doesn't like Vic. Diamond doesn't like Vic. And everyone's just waiting to take him out. And remember what Jannard said was really interesting was, oh, um, yeah, it's like the old days, you and me, but with Tommy. So we also have that as well. We know that Jannard seems to be plotting and planning. Yes, we have the Tommy situation, but also with the Vic situation as well. He does not like outsiders. And Vic is that extra outsider as well. So he's... Vic is just basically a dead man walking at this point, and it's going to just be hilarious to see him try to do a prison break and fail repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what Rich says first, and then I'll uh, I'll collect my thoughts on that one. Go ahead, Rich. I think Dana made some good points. Um, in my personal opinion, I think they have written themselves into a corner. And Vic is basically going to be used now as the character that will create further tension between Diamond and Tommy. Because you saw at the beginning of this episode when Tommy told Diamond, I'm going to kill Vic. And then he decides not to do that. This entire season, Tommy has been making these bold moves, not really consulting with Diamond. And it feels as though that's the, the direction that they are headed in because Diamond didn't like the fact that he just let this guy alive. And one thing that I do, I will say, they are very self-aware of what they are doing with this storyline because look at the dialogue that Diamond had in this episode when he said, oh, yeah, you were so quick to, to, to try to want to kill my brother when we knew that my brother wasn't a stench. I told you he was loyal. So they are very aware that if this was Jannard, I don't think there's no question about it. Jannard probably would have gotten taken out in this episode. But then again, maybe they would have delayed that as well. Because my, my, my issue with the episode is that there's a lot of other characters they could have taken out, but they decided every character survived pretty much going into season three. So I, I kind of feel like I want to see where they're going with that particular decision, because I expect that somebody probably is going to get killed at the start of next season to start out the season in a situation where everybody's talking about a major moment that happens. But overall, as far as Vic is concerned, I don't see a happy ending for the character. If you, if you, if you want to give that character a happy ending, 
reunite him with his woman because she's also dead anyway. So I, that's what the ending is, I personally think. Because again, the whole fact that Diamond knows that Tommy did not kill Vic, that's going to be a major issue going into next season. And on the same, at the same token, Tommy does not know that D-Mac is being used in this plot with Gennard and, and Diamond to basically get on good terms with King Kilo. So I'm telling you right now, that's how I see it as far as what they're doing with Vic. But again, can they go in a different direction? Sure. But I, I'd really want to see how they are going to take this in a different direction. Because as Dana alluded to, that's a cliffhanger they gave us at the end of this episode. And you're going to be wondering going into season three, okay, so what happens next? But what? I, but, but to go to what you said already, Gary, anytime somebody has snitched, we have not seen the character survive. You could think the character will survive for maybe a couple of episodes, so on and so forth. But eventually that character is going to get what's coming to them. And also to go to Dana's point, I don't think that Claudia is dead. We can all agree that Claudia is the more interesting of the Flynn siblings. So I don't think they're just going to get rid of that character that way. Yes, she got stabbed in this episode, but obviously she knew before this. Her brother set her up and Tommy and Shanti both set her up. We already know that Elise does not like Shanti. So this will give her ammunition to go after her next season if she wants to set something up to go after Shanti. But I, I think we can agree Claudia probably is not dead. We'll have to wait and see because, uh, you know, if they put out a rest in peace post, then, you know, OK, yeah, if they put that on, on their Instagram account. The character is dead, but I, I highly doubt that she's dead. But, yeah, all I'm saying is that even if Vic somehow gets away from Tommy, somehow gets away from Diamond, he still has to deal with Claudia. So I don't think the character is going to make it going into season three. But uh, I am curious to see how they're going to extend the storyline, because obviously this is the, the, the everybody's going to be talking about this at the end of this episode. And I can't wait to see what the reactions are going to be with uh, what people have to say about that decision. But I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. So Rich, yeah, you, you've been uh, mentioning that, um, you know, Claudia um, is still, still alive. Like, and you know, say it ain't so, man. So you you mean to tell me nobody died in this episode? Like only a cop and and Miguel's brethren died? Like, wow, that that's crazy. Hey, uh, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 Gary, I want to stop you right there. That cop was very important to DeFranco, so we have to <laughs> salute, pour one out for the cop. But yeah, it's like ridiculous. And and even when that cop guy, Stacy's like, wait a minute, we didn't, we still didn't get Tommy. It's like. This this character is on a power trip. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, she she's obsessed with Tommy at this point. Yeah. But um yeah, like it, it really does seem like uh the I don't I don't think they wanna, you know, cause cause Dana did say that she thinks Vic might get killed eventually. And I hope that's the case, but to me it seems like they 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 deem the Flynn's to be main characters in this series so it seems like at this point they're protected and why we have to raise the question of you know did they write themselves into a corner it's like if you're going to keep this vid character around you know i feel like making him a snitch um just kind of takes away his likability like because there's going to be people who who just don't like this character now after what he's done and like you know claudia say what you will about her but you know she is the strong character of the two um, I feel like so 
yeah, like I, I just don't see where where they're going with Vic because now he he's been shredded of all likability, all likable qualities are gone with the character, in my opinion. But Dana, what what else do you have to say about it? I like him, which which means a lot because I hated him when he first started. <laughs> I felt that he had a massive growth. Um, you know, he wanted. It was a really interesting thing of when you think you want something, but then you realize you really don't want it after all. I mean, in the first kind of episode, it was like, yeah, I'm going to be your side guy and we're going to run this and this is how it's going to be. We're in charge. And he had this whole leadership battle with his sister. And now you just realize that he just doesn't want it. And the more he doesn't want it, the worse that it gets. And so I wonder what happens if he just stops fighting it. If he gives up on that dream of finding that peace and that freedom and and leaving Chicago for good, will it then allow him to become someone who rises in power for him to no longer care what happens to him anymore? When you no longer have that dream and you shift it, how does that character evolve? For example, Jukebox. Jukebox, we know the finale of what happens to Jukebox. But what's interesting is the journey that it goes to. If Vic is allowed to live, it would be interesting to see that journey of whether or not he does completely change character and personality and and outlook and realizes if, say, for example, Claudia does die, he has to now take, the, the state still goes back to him. You know, everything that he signed off on is goes back to him now because Claudia would be dead. So with that, does he view that as a burden again? Or will he rise up and say this is an opportunity? I, I don't know. It's fate versus what you want is a free will destiny. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, the whole estate scene was interesting, him giving up the estate uh and it does show that, you know, all of that means nothing to him. We, we see another Gloria scene in this episode where he's talking to Glo- uh, Gloria at the grave. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the, I guess the journey could be interesting for Vic. I mean, they did choose to take a, a different route with the character in, you know, Tommy not killing him and trying to use him. So let's wait. Let's see what they actually do with the character. But um, let, let's uh, discuss Claudia then. So, you know, let's let's uh, go on the assumption that she's still alive, right? If she is still alive, what do you see next for this character? Because currently she is in the prison system. So it's like, you know, do you see her getting out? If she does get out, you know, how is she going to, you know, get, get herself um, out of this situation that she's in? Because we know Murkovich is in there too. You know, is it going to be a situation where one of them rats on the other or something like that? Like, what, what do you think might happen with Claudia then if she's alive? And um, I'm going to go to Richard first this time. So go ahead. Uh, that's a great question, Gary. Well, uh, I don't really know what they're going to do, but I, I will say this. Obviously, the character is going to be thinking about revenge. That's the, the main thing, because, you knew by the end of this episode, she knew a lot of people that set her up pretty much so and again like i had mentioned elise is 
now living where you know he she's living pretty much where Claudio is living at because they moved in together at the end of this episode. So she is going to definitely tell her and consult her about what happened that Shanti turned on her. So Shanti obviously is very interested how she told to Tommy, "Oh yeah, she's dead. She's done." She definitely could come right after Shanti. You know, Elise can. Um because they still have people on the outside. Uh, I, I do want to say this. I, I'm not really sure where they're going with Claudia. I, I don't really know how she's going to get out. I would assume that they can work out some type of angle. But I will say this. The character will get significant bonus points from me if on her way out she kills Murkovich. Because, again, there is no reason for this character to still be alive. He is a, a problem for everybody on the show, but uh, yet he is still there. And again, we didn't see him get killed. You saw him get locked up. Obviously, he can snitch, talk to whoever. And, and I would not be surprised if because Stacy is so obsessed with getting Tommy, now she's going to go to Murkovich and talk about age. So give me some intel on Tommy Egan, and maybe I can work out some deal to get you out of here. I 100% think that's going to happen going into season three because – this character wants to get Tommy, and she's going to do whatever she needs to do. Obviously, her husband, DeFranco, he is no longer – I think he's lost it now. He's not going to really try to work with her on this anymore. So you'll see them take extreme measures now to try to get Tommy next season. But to answer your question, um, I'm not really sure what they're going to do with Claudia. I, I just know the character isn't I, – I don't believe the character is dead. Obviously, she got hurt when she got stabbed, but – uh. I think it's I think it's more interesting this way now that she knows everybody that set her up and it's going to be fun seeing her try to plot to take them out. So I want to see how that comes together. But um, yeah, it's hard for me to think about exactly. I, I do. I, I will say this, though. The people watching this discussion definitely let us know your thoughts because y'all may come up with some good ways that she can try to get her revenge as well. So. But yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, I guess, you know, once she does recover from her stabbing, there could be some, you know, scenes of uh, her getting visits from from Elise and maybe she's like, you know, coaching her or guiding her on what to do to get back at Shanti and the others or something like that. You know, maybe maybe we'll get something like that. But Dana, uh, do you have any thoughts on, on Claudia? I believe that, you know, hopefully the reason why they introduced Claudia's girlfriend in here was so that she would have a larger role. Um, she will basically take over. It is technically her money. It's her, her money. She was able to acquire it from her family and her friends and whatever she said to them. But she was the one who, in this scenario, kind of would have kind of the most power because she holds the money. Without her, there would have never been a deal in the first place. Um, I do feel that she will step up and take her place in the interim that Claudia does get out. Hopefully she doesn't stay in there forever. None of our characters really stay in there forever, ever, ever. Um, so she'll be out soon. And then that way they'll both enact their revenge in terms of Murkovich. I don't know why he's here. Maybe he'll just get stabbed randomly in the face and then that's it. He's dead. Um, but I do feel that Claudia doesn't really have anything I don't, to worry about long-term, aside from whether or not, maybe she's paralyzed. That's another thing we know what he thought of. Cause she got stabbed up, but she did move her arms and her legs. But I don't know how long it takes to be paralyzed from all that complications to set in. Wouldn't that be something terrible? 
Anyway, um, I just truly state that they the reason why they introduced the friend was for her to have a larger role in this. And if she does come out alive, who's to say, you know, her friend could pull the money and it's just her and Claudia just doing their own thing. Forget Shanti, forget anybody else. So it could work out that way as well. But I do also see her enacting her revenge and physically, most likely killing people as well. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. You know, I mean, with, with this one, it's very open-ended, of course, because we, we don't know if Claudia is indeed alive. So it's, there's a lot of ways it could go, but it's still interesting to have the conversation of, you know, what are they going to do next with this character? if she does survive, you know, um, and I could see, I could totally see why they would have the character survive because she is somewhat interesting. So, you know, I'm, I'm very curious, uh, like Rich said, I want to see what the people think about Claudia, um, and you know, whether she's dead or alive. So do leave your comments on that. Um, so let's, uh, jump to, uh, Let's talk about Janard and Shanti. So, you know, we see what they did in this episode. Uh, they, they they were basically double agents. Um, so I, I guess I want to ask you guys, you know, what do you feel about their progression as characters throughout this whole season? And then also give me some predictions on what you see for them in the next season of, you know, things you, you can see them, uh, you know, planning or plotting or what they might end up doing. You know, you could talk about Janard and if he's actually going to set up DMAC, you know, and hand deliver him to King Kilo or something. You know, what, what do you see next for, for these characters? Because they're definitely going to end up being a serious threat to Tommy, to Tommy Egan, because they have it out for him at the moment. So uh, I'm not sure if Dana is here because her camera's off, but Dana... Uh, you want to go first on that one? She might not be there. Okay. We'll come back to her. Uh, Rich, how about you? What would you see next for Janard and Shanti? Well, I actually like how they have handled that relationship this season. You saw how they got close and how they tried to do business together. Obviously, they've had some issues with the communication and of course Shanti's doing certain things that Janard didn't like but they remained they kept talking about this stuff communicating but I think at the end of the day I think we all know how this ends because Diamond is somebody that uh, Shanti doesn't have a problem taking out along with Tommy and and that's where I think Janard is going to be tested because obviously he doesn't want nothing bad to happen to his brother yes they had beef in the first season of of force but they did try to make amends and make up towards the second half of this season so i kind of feel like at this point he doesn't want nothing bad to happen to diamond but this also is a part of what's happening with tommy because we know that tommy and diamond they've been working together this season they've also had their issues but it's really going to be a question of when it comes to diamond when it comes time to pull the trigger and truly turn on Tommy and Diamond, is Renard going to side with Shanti or is he going to side with his brother? And I think we all know he's going to side with Diamond. So I, I want to see where they're going with this. 
But the one thing I will also say is we do know from earlier this season, Shanti pretty much had gave Jannard an ultimatum. You choose the drugs or you choose me. This is what makes it more complicated because if Jannard has to take out Shanti or someone else takes her, takes her out, Tommy, so on and so forth, or Diamond, that will leave Jannard in a very vulnerable position because we know that he is still an addict. And shout outs to a lot of people also noticing that Jannard made a very quick recovery of getting clean because we're not the only ones. I saw comments where people were talking about this in, you know, on the last review we did as well. So we're not the only ones that pointed that out, but yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, But all I'm saying is that right now, based on how the season ended, they're on the same page, but as the stakes continue to raise, this is where it gets more complicated. And I don't think it ends well. I think Shanti will eventually uh, get taken out. It's just a question of who is going to take her out. Is it going to be Jannard or is it going to be Tommy or Diamond? I think it's going to be Jannard, by the way. And uh, Jannard is going to suffer some consequences as a result of that. But uh, let's see what happens. But I will say that is an interesting thing I, I am looking forward to going into season three, to see what happens with those two characters, because obviously they're going to have some issues. I think we can all see that coming from a mile away. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like that prediction of uh, Janard having to be the one to take out Shanti. I think that would be uh, very compelling, especially if it ends up making him slip back into his habit, you know, his drug habit and stuff. But, um, but Dana, what do you think? Um, the question was basically, you know, what do you think of Janard and Shanti's progression this season and what do you see next for them? I think I'm the only person who doesn't feel that Jannard is not going to start like doing bags of cocaine and heroin if Shanti dies. I think, you know, your love for your brother is different than your, than your chick. Hopefully you're not that dumb to start doing drugs because Shanti's dead. Um, I do hope this, you, this finale, it gave a lot of longing stares and it paid close attention to Diamond and Jannard as kids in a photograph. Remember when they was having the conversation about um, DMAC and not, and uh, not DMAC first, it was the, uh, what was the, the kid that they had to kill? Um, they had a conversation about the kid that they had to kill and they was like, oh, but he's only Mad 16. Dog. Mad Dog, yes. And it was, the response was, well, you know, the streets don't know no age. And then it kind of showed the photograph of, Jannard and Diamond as they were kids. And, you know, Diamond is talking to him and in, including him in things. and things. He's like, oh, you know, things to go back to normal and see it with CBI again. I'm so happy that you're here. But it's Tommy. I don't like Tommy. Um, I felt that in that moment, Jannard, in a way, made his decision in terms of who he's going to side with and that his brother, it's going to be his brother. He kind of felt guilty. It seemed to me he was he was giving off some type of guilty vibe because he knows that, you know, Shanti wants to double cross him and wants him to go on her side. And I really felt that push and pull between him. And the fact that I, I even had to feel that means that that love for his brother right now is overriding what's going on with Shanti. And I don't think that it's one like a sight and like, oh my God, I have to kill her and I'm hysterical and crying. 
I think that he's going to man up and say, you know, this is what happens when you play the game. Because they had the entire conversation was really, this is what happens when you play the game. The streets doesn't care about who's your boo. The streets doesn't care about, you know, age or what you're doing. That kid who was originally killed, he had a bright young future ahead of him. And he was still murdered. You know, Shanti's double-crossing everybody to the point where I'm confused. She has to go. So I really don't feel this huge connection that you guys feel with it, with her and Gennard. Um, I think that is just something that is going to have to happen. It's going to be by Gennard's hand. He's going to be sad. He may be like sniff a little heroin one day, but I don't see him going full Lamar from BMF. I just can't see that. Now, one of the things is, is that I did speak to Gary Lennon, who is the overall showrunner and executive producer and has been with the series since the original Power Days. And he's part of this season. They brought him back. And one of the conversations that we had was whether or not Gennard is going to be addicted. Is he going to go back to the drugs? We discussed, he got clean real quickly. What was going on there? And there's just certain people react differently to certain drugs where they can be a hot mess one day. And the next day they're put together. And it may not make any sense. But the underlying thing is he is and will always be an addict. What triggers him, we don't know yet what will trigger him. But to say that, oh, it's going to be Shanti that does this, definitely. That I don't feel, feel is a fair assessment because it may be something else completely different. So I feel that it's going to be okay between him and Gennard. The huge problem is the jealousy that Gennard is not saying, you know, so loud. He's saying it, but he's not screaming it, is that his, him and Tommy. He doesn't like Tommy, this random white boy coming in and coming into their distribution. That's when they had the conversation. Well, without Tommy, there's a lot of places we have, we, we, you know, we haven't really been before. There's a lot of opportunities that he brings. That I really think could be more of the sticking point for Gennard than Shanti. So that's where I think that relationship is. I think it's going to be in the grave and it's going to be dead. You pour your little 40, you say rest in peace, and you go on about your day. The, the bigger issue is him losing his brother to Tommy. And I still think he, he's still debating and upset about that. He's upset about that, clearly. But what he's going to do about it, it's not going to be answered right now, I don't think. But Shanti, Shanti's just a fart in the breeze. Ouch. Cold as ice. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I can't wait to see your uh, interview with Gary Lennon, actually, because I think that is a, um, a, a good point, you know, because uh, there are that there have been functioning drug drug addicts like like dope addicts and stuff like people who take heroin and still like live a life and work and everything so he's not wrong there uh that that could be the case i guess with Janard. but um yeah what his triggers are i don't know uh it's going to be interesting to see that um i do think there is a lot of credit to what you said about um losing diamond to tommy being the bigger issue because that is his blood. 
we've seen throughout this season, they still have that close bond with each other. And, you know, they both, they, they lost their father, which kind of brought them a little closer together also. So that is, you know, probably the biggest uh, problem that Gennard faces is losing his brother, you know, to Tommy and Diamond perhaps like respecting Tommy more than him and stuff. Like, you know, I could see how that could be a, a traumatic thing for him. Um, so yeah, you, there, there, there is a lot of credit to, to what you said there. Um, but the Shanti thing will be what's interesting to see, like just, just to see how it plays out, how that rift between them kind of, you know, progresses and stuff. So that's what, you know, I want to see. But um, there, are, there are some other characters I want to ask you guys about as well, uh, what you see in their future. So let, let's get to uh, Maria and Miguel, you know, an, another sibling, you know, duo. So, you know, we, we see the whole dynamic as, it, as it's played out with uh, Shay and Miguel and Tommy. You know, now uh, Miguel and Tommy are com- competitors for the product and everything. And they, they, they each run their own separate territory and everything. But CBI is coming like a big conglomerate, you know, in Chicago. So um, it kind of seems like Tommy has the upper hand on Miguel a little bit. And Miguel probably knows that, but his biggest trump card is Maria. You know, he has Maria and he now knows that Maria and Tommy have been seeing each other. Um, so, you know, what do you see happening in the future? Because, uh, you know, I can give you um, how how I see it here quickly before I go to Rich. So because I think what's going to happen and this is a common, you know, power trope. But I think eventually Tommy and Miguel might actually start working together. Now, I, I do think they're going to be enemies at first. Like, you know, they're going to be like, it's going to get very heated between them at first. I think like, you know, they're going to be cold blooded enemies. Um, they're going to be competing and everything. And it's going to get very messy. And then, you know, the whole Maria dynamic as well is going to be uh, a big test to Tommy. I think, um, and that's going to cause more stress between uh, Miguel and Maria. Now, remember, Miguel also needs Maria because he can't seem to give himself the, the insulin shot. So he needs her for that. So there's that dynamic there too. Now, I think that Maria is eventually going to be the connective glue that kind of brings Tommy and Miguel together and what I think is going to happen is that there's going to be an overarching threat that comes into the next season that they both have to deal with. Like it's going to mess up the business basically, and they both have to deal with it um, so that they can keep making money. So I feel like that's probably where it's going to go like that. That's my personal prediction, but I want to hear from you too, you know, cause you might have a, a better perspective than me on it. So I'm going to go first to Rich. What do you think about, you know, the whole Miguel Maria dynamic, like moving into season three? Well, first and foremost, I, I need to correct you on one thing, Gary. Tommy has the upper hand on Miguel. He's had the upper hand on him the entire season. You said a little bit. Nah, man, this guy is Tommy has been a step ahead of this guy for most of the season. Only at the end, once he saw that he had an opportunity 
to to exploit the situation with Maria. That's the only time he was able to get over on Tommy for now. But a- as for what I think is going to happen, um, first and foremost, what you said is a thousand percent correct. Miguel is a very weak character. The fact that they had a scene this season where he is begging Maria to give him a shot. This is why I can't. This is why when I saw that that scene at the end of the episode, I had to laugh because I'm like, you could tell Tommy, you could just not tell Tommy where she at, but obviously you still need her because they haven't shown you figure out how to take your your insulin shot. So I mean, obviously, unless that was a scene that was cut and edited, uh, we never saw that. So I, my assumption is that he still needs his sister to give him his medicine. So we'll see how that goes. But to answer your question, Gary. You made a comment about a threat that is going to be looming for both Miguel and Tommy. The threat is Merkovich and the Marquez cartel, because we only were introduced to that cartel at the end of this season. We didn't see what they can do yet. So I'm pretty sure this is why they kept Merkovich alive, because once he gets out, he's going to be looking for revenge. You remember that Chase told Miguel and Tommy there will be no retaliation. You all need to work together. So somebody is obviously going to come into the fold and create issues. And this is what Merkovich's whole thing is. Because you see, Merkovich, um, obviously, they had the conversation with him and Che a couple episodes ago. And he made it very clear, Che said that you're out. But now that this situation has happened, Merkovich has gotten arrested. The Markel, you know, some of the people in the cartel also got arrested. I'm pretty sure when they get out eventually... They're going to be gunning for everybody. So that's why I say what you said about Miguel potentially teaming up with Tommy, that very well could happen. Now, do I want to see that happen? Hell no, I don't want to see that happen. But it might have to happen if, uh, you know, Marquette, if, if that cartel is coming after everybody. I mean, that that's, a, that's very poss- possible, but it is a complicated situation. So we have to see how it plays out. But in terms of the future of Miguel and Maria, First and foremost, uh, the Miguel character, I really don't think he has any value. I mean, obviously, we saw this entire season. He hasn't really done anything. You know, they they portrayed him as somebody, a man of power, the way he was hurting people earlier in the season with the hands and all the other stuff. But then you saw more to this character because, again, he does have a health issue, but also he's not really somebody that's stepping up, taking charge and making moves and doing anything of importance. So I kind of feel like, Going into season three, they have to show more of him trying to be more assertive. I don't know how they're going to do that because he just appeared to be very weak to me from the from the very start. So we'll see. But I, I, I do think that him and Tommy are going to have to somehow find a way to coexist. I do expect that Tommy is going to go after him. He's going to try to send more people going after Tommy on the low like they did in this episode. But ultimately, it is going to be the Markel Cartes and Merkovich that will come back into the fold, and they will they will basically come after both of these guys. I think that we can all agree that's probably what's going to potentially happen. Um, it because because it, otherwise it doesn't make sense to, that Merkovich is still alive. It makes no sense whatsoever. So that's what I think they're going to do going into season three. Um, and as for Maria, I mean, eventually she will once again see Tommy. Do I care about the relationship? No, I don't. But hey, if it means that Tommy has a happy ending, I guess then, yeah, well, he'll, he'll get his happy ending. But it's going to come at a cost. Something's going to happen. But uh, because this is power 
And because they have to make everything dramatic, uh, you're going to definitely see them get back together at some point. I just want to see how that's going to play out and how long are are we going to go the entire season before we find out what happened to Maria. We have to wait and see how that all plays out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I do think Maria's probably fine. She's probably just sitting somewhere chilling because, you know, he does need his insulin shot and it's got to be 8 p.m. sharp or whenever, you know. So I don't think uh, he's done anything significant to her. But, (laughs) but yeah, like, um, I I like uh, your take on on everything um and that is true the marquez cartel that that's you know because that's like the other pipeline because we got follow pipelines and you know obviously shay shay is one of the pipelines and then the marquez cartel have another one so um one thing i'm thinking is when king kilo gets out he could potentially you know go with he could bring the rds to the marquez cartel's pipeline like he could start dealing with them, you know, just to get back at CBI or something. So that would pose a big threat. Go ahead, Rich. I I just want to say that's a very good theory, but because you mentioned CBI, this also is a reminder of something else. They did have a conversation where Miguel basically tried to get in Diamond's ear in the previous episode saying, do you, do you trust Tommy Egan? You know, you and I should work together because we actually are from Chicago. We're not having an outsider come in and take our territory. So again, they are planting the seeds that Diamond is really going to have to choose whether or not he's going to remain aligned with Tommy. Because at the end of this episode, it was the same thing that came up when he questioned him, why didn't you kill Vic? So I want to see where they're going with that storyline, but I agree 100% with you, Gary, because we do know that King Kilo did agree to do this deal with Jannard to get DMAC. That is not going to go the way that... Uh, that they think it's going to go and that might cause some issues. And he may, they may just, uh, that's a whole nother war within the coalition that can be broken out between those characters. So we need to see where they're going with that, but uh, that's good. We, we need to see what, what's, what's going to happen next. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, let, let's uh, hear from Dana. Dana, you got any thoughts on the whole Miguel, Maria, Tommy thing? Yeah, I do. First of all, I think it's hilarious. We went the entire season calling this child Maria when her name is Maria. So, haha, for us. Um, secondly, I do feel this. I think that, you know, Miguel is using Maria as, as a way to get back at Tommy. I do, and this goes back to what I said previously, I hope that Maria is able to figure out and break out without having to need her brother or Tommy to rescue her. You know, you, you see Tommy, go see yourself. I know that you guys have mentioned many times that the medication, that what you need to her in order to take the medication. Uh, she wasn't there previously. From, from my understanding, you need that medication pretty much daily. And I, I think him and the boys... Oh, we lost you. We can't hear you. Yeah, you're muted. We we lost you. Uh, still muted. Sorry, I find it to be more interesting that they're going to be forced to work together. Now that he is kidnapped Maria, he has the upper hand. 
Tommy thought he was being like, I won, I'm slick, I got the girl, I got your brother back, I got everything. Your brother looks like a clown in front of, what was it, Che? And now it's like, ha but Barcelona, look, I found something. So now it really does show the shift in dynamics that's changed with Tommy. Um, he thinks that he's working his way towards the huge empire. And it's like plot twist. And that was all, you know, with the Barcelona situation. I think that as much as nobody wants to see Miguel, this could be Miguel's big comeback. It would be more interesting. This is the thing that I wished we would have known the whole season. Is Miguel one of those ruthless killers where he could kill his own family? We saw him cry hysterically over grandma being murdered. We do see that he manipulates Maria, but is it one of those things where he gets pleasure out of manipulating her? Like a gleeful thing? Or does it like, oh, it pains me? Is it a sense of, we know that Maria said, that it's a sense of control. She has no control over her life because Miguel is telling her what to do and how to do it and take, you know, help me with this. And he said, you have no career. I'm your career. So I wonder that dynamic of whether or not he's controlling and needing or is he controlling and so unhinged that he will be a threat to her? Because right now at this moment, I don't feel that Miguel is a threat to Maria. I just feel that he's very upset and angry about Tommy. And he's gonna just probably use Maria to get back at Tommy, but nothing like viciously that harms Maria. I think she'll be fine. Uh, so this could just be his, his one opportunity to shine and go back to the original Miguel that we once saw when he was like, you know, king of everything and, and burning off hands and people were quivering and scared. So this, this could, this, I feel the next season could make or break this character. And I would like him to, to, to be made instead of broken because if it's the same old, same old, why would I as a viewer want to continue to watch? So we'll see. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that because um, like we saw glimpses of like awesomeness from Miguel at certain points, you know, like when he was torturing the guys with, you know, the hand thing, like there was glimpses of him being like this, this badass kind of villain, but they just, they fumbled it by, you know, like Rich said, Tommy was outsmarting him every step of the way. So it's like when we see that consistently, it kind of, takes away you know it diminishes his value as a villain kind of so yeah um yeah go, go ahead you know how you proposed previously did the writers write him write themselves into you know a hole or with um the vic character i feel that way that they did this with the miguel character because it's just like you've given us nothing why should we care now and this is a relationship that I really don't care about to begin with. So whatever you really kind of seem to do, it just doesn't seem, it's not hitting the way how you thought it was going to hit for me, just speaking for me. Um, so they really just, you're writing yourselves into a hole with that. I, you know, you could say that this is the underdog story because he lost everyone. His grandma's dead or if his mom is dead. Russia, was he, was she, abuela, that was just grandma. 
It wasn't like, because sometimes mom and grandma, they kind of like the same thing. But the point is this. He lost her. And even Nunez and the other guy was like, you know, he's nothing without her. So I just wonder, what are we doing with this character? What are we doing with Maria? Unless, again, you have to show Maria really being that ride or die. Because, again, it's just another woman. It's just a, a lesser Lakeisha. Kind of a little bit more better than Gloria. I think I liked Gloria even better, even though technically they weren't really together. It's just, what are you doing? I, I, I just want to make a comment. Say, uh, I agree with what everything that Dana said. Uh, I, I do think that the character is going to have a bit of a redemption arc going into next season. I just have one request. When this character eventually gets killed, and you know he will get killed at some point, he needs to go out the same way that he takes out everybody that he tortures, where he just tortures somebody and then, you know, breaks their hands or does something ridiculous. I want to see the character go out the same way so he has a taste of his own medicine, pun intended, as far as how he takes people out. But I, I, that's my only request when he does go out. But, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing what they do with him next season. <laughs> and what ended up? For when they, when remember when the, um, Tommy brought, what was it, Nunez to uh, Miguel? That was yeah. a great opportunity to see him torture him and said, like, oh, I'm going to shoot you. And then the next episode is, yeah, we took care of the body. He's scattered all over the place. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, he killed your grandma. At least we saw hands disappear from people. We didn't even know what was really going on. Yep. But this is a person who personally took out grandma and we see nothing. But oh, I shoot you in the head. That's nothing. Oh. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. That it's it's that's one of those cases of sure don't tell. Like we, we gotta see these things, you know. So yeah. Uh did did you have anything else to add on that? On uh Maria, Miguel, Tommy? Okay. So uh I guess the the the, the one other thing, you know, I I'm I'm gonna get to like what's our final predictions for, for the next season and all that, but before that, um I have one thing to bring up as well. So because of what we saw, right, in in uh power book two ghost, you know, uh season three when Tommy and Kate returned. Is it safe to assume then that they actually fixed their relationship, you know, the the mother-son uh, dynamic? Because in this season, it was very rocky between them. You know, we see Tommy just, he just didn't care at all, you know, about his mother. Like, he totally disrespected her, gave her coke, pushed her out the, the, the house and everything. Like, um, he just did not care about her. Um, and it was, like, very tragic to see at some points because we saw Kate was trying to redeem herself. She was trying to, you know, uh, make peace with her mistakes in the past. And she was trying to be a better mother, a better grandmother and everything like that. So, but it just didn't go well. And she, you know, she ended up back where she, she was before, you know, as a, as an addict. Um, and Tommy just doesn't care, you know, to the point he was watching her overdose. So, um, but, you know, where, when it comes to Ghost, we can assume that their relationship is better by then because, you know, I'm assuming now that that happens in the future, like from where we're at in force, um, 
So, you know, for them to both be in New York and for them to set up that thing with Tariq, you know, where, um, you know, she, she obviously tells Tommy. Uh, so, like, do you, is it safe to assume that maybe next season we're going to see them make, you know, make up and repair their relationship? So, Dana, what do you think of that? It kind of feels like an MCU situation where they touch upon it, but then never revisit again. Why is it your celestial coming out of the ocean and no one addresses it ever again? Um, I don't know where are we, where we're at with that timeline period. If that's in the future, yay, Kate, she's sober. She's looking good. She's happy. Woohoo. Tommy has found some kind of peace within himself to let this whole thing go with, um, Oh, what is that face? The the, the lady, that name, I can't remember. Tasha. They got Bobby and Tasha. I oh, Tasha. So there's peace within Tasha, which makes me kind of wonder. Maybe one or two things. He's in a happy place with Maria. Yay. Maria's dead and he realizes the consequences of his actions and that he has to like kind of make peace with certain things. So yay. Um, That's why he's like, we have to stop doing this because he already buried Maria. Um, yay. I do, f- I had lost the question. What was the question? Uh, the question was like, do you think that uh, Kate and Tommy are going to repair their relationship in season three? Like, Here's the thing. Like I said before, just because one party is ready to repair a relationship doesn't mean that the other party is prepared. And we've seen that a lot when it came to Tommy. Um, He's just not ready. He's throwing the coke in her face. He's calling her, oh, good. I think the girl in the Maria and cursed her out as well. I know Tommy. He sees me. I don't care. He's a drug dealer. Lakeisha. You know, so it's just disrespect from all all the way around. And I think that she's going to just have to break away from that. And when or if Tommy is ready to reconcile, he's the one that has to come to her. She's came repeatedly. And the last time she came, she almost died because of him. So I'm okay with them never repairing their relationship because to me, that's more realistic. There are many relationships between mothers and daughters and fathers and sons and fathers and mothers and everything else that there is no no repair. The person just dies off or the person just doesn't care and you go on with your life. So I'm I'm cool with them not repairing anything. She has DMAC money. No, she doesn't even have DMAC money because he said, I'm for the streets, old lady. Why are you talking to me like a child? So she 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 has JP. That's it. Go be happy with JP. Ouch. Oh. Uh, I see Dana likes things a bit grim on the grim side. <laughs> From the... It's not that grim. It's not, this is basically side. realistic. This is not the Hallmark channel. This is not one big, I understand, son. I love you, mom. Yay. And you go off and you know, drink pumpkin spice and the fall leaves come down in your face and you're wearing scarves and your Uggs and you're hugging each other tight. This is not realism. This is not the Hallmark Channel. This is realism. And, you know, if you look at how both of them were raised, even going back to what JP said, JP came to that realization and that understanding of how Kate was raised. So therefore, Kate couldn't raise him. Tommy has not realized that yet. And sometimes the way that how Kate has hurt Tommy, you can't really forgive someone for that. 
I know we all want to be like, oh my God, forgiveness, but no, not necessarily. It really depends on the person. It really depends on the situation. And it whole, once you forgive, it makes you feel lighter. That's all BS to some people. And so Tommy, I, unless it's something that's really extreme that requires him to sit down and think like again and this is where we go I don't know because of the whole Latasha thing let's stop killing each other I love you we did have that hallmark moment between those two so I'm not saying that it's not possible I'm just saying not now no you're you're talking truth for sure you know because I do like when they get they get a bit darker with, with the stories and everything so yeah, there is, you know, you're spitting facts right now, so so that's good. But but Rich, what do you think uh about, you know, the whole relationship with Kate and Tommy? Do you see them repairing it? Um, are we gonna get the build up to that scene in Ghost, do you think? You know, let us know your thoughts. Uh yeah, I do think uh eventually there will be some type of repair. I mean, the issue is, like you said, Gary, we've already seen ghosts. We saw what happened in Ghost, the fact that she was there with Tommy. So I kind of feel like something is going to happen. But I will also add that there's a reason why Tommy goes back to come after Tasha. So something personal is probably going to happen to Tommy next season. Whether things fall apart with Diamond and and everything he's doing with CBI, or maybe he's trying to escape the feds when he finds out that his place is actually bugged, I don't know. I don't know what, what the explanation is. So I want to see that as well, because clearly I'm pretty sure that Gary Lennon has a plan for how they're going to write that out to get to that point. So I just I, w- I just want to see what they do. But one one point I do want to say, OK, and obviously, let me just say this. D-Mac, I understand his anger. I, I fully understand his anger for his father, for his mom. I'm going to say no, for his father and for Kate. I understand why he's angry. And then Tommy. It's fully understood, but I, I just want to say this. The level of disrespect that he displayed in this episode, I mean, I, I man, this generation, I know if I would have ever did that to my parents, I would have got the taste slapped out of my mouth. So I just I just want to say I was a bit taken aback how he how he how he was talking to JP, you know, how he referred to JP, how he called out Kate. I understand he's angry. He has a right to be angry about how he's been treated by his family. But man, that that uh that level of disrespect, I don't think anybody would tolerate that type of language. So I just want to make a comment about that. But no, continue. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right about that. You know, I come from a Jamaican family, you know, for me, <laughs> they they would get the belt, you know, the the sandals, like you would get all that, you know. So D Mac he for sure was missing some of that discipline um, mm-hmm. because yeah, he, he even dropped, you know, the, 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 un, the unsayable word, he dropped that in this episode, yeah. you know? So <laughs> yeah, he, he should have got uh the JP should have did something, but yeah, Dana, you were going to say something. I was going to just say they need to bring back the art, them of the bag of oranges that they used on Tariq. <laughs> oh yeah. Bring them back. <laughs> That needs the cameo. <laughs> yeah, that that was a. I gotta go back and watch that. Like seeing seeing Tariq get hit with a bag of oranges, like that was that's classic. But um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, any more thoughts on on the Egan family though before we move on to the next thing? Okay, so 
yeah, let's uh, let's you know end this off with our final thoughts. Um, well, not final thoughts, but our final predictions for what we think is coming in the future of the Power Force, you know, uh, universe. So, me personally, I'll give a few of them. Um, there, there's a few things that I absolutely can't call because I don't know what they're going to do with Vic at this point. Like, you know, because um, I I I could say what I would like. I would like to see him eventually get killed off but in a creative way but i just don't know if that's the direction they're gonna go so um that one i can't predict but you know one thing i'll say is i do believe king kilo is gonna get out in the next season i think he's gonna be you know one of the biggest kind of threats to uh the cbi and since since we already saw janard kind of talk to this guy and kind of you know come to some sort of deal um i feel like there's going to be some sort of alliance there between them or some kind of like they might work together on the low they might conspire to get tommy out the game you know and this might cause some conflict for janard because we know diamond is is kind of very close with tommy although that could there could be some tension between tommy and diamond too i guess but well, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure there will be, actually. But, you know, if if Janard does execute the plan that he made with King Kilo and, you know, try to give up DMAC, that is going to cause some big issues. So I, I feel like King Kilo is going to become a major player. He's going to cause a lot of conflict when he gets out between everyone. Um, I do see the Marquez cartel pipeline being another major threat, you know, to the CBI. Um, and yeah, I, I uh, like I said earlier, I think King Kilo might actually end up working with that cartel. Like he might take the RDs away from CBI and align himself with the market cartel and then they become a big threat, um, you know. And then, you know, we have the whole, uh, the whole, I don't know why I keep, like when, when I'm when I'm trying to remember her name, I keep thinking jukebox now, but I'm, I mean Shanti. Um, I think it's because you know Dana said she looks like uh, jukebox, but but yeah, uh, Shanti. I feel like uh, she, you know, what we talked about earlier with there being friction between these two, I think it is going to come. Um, it's basically going to happen based on Janard because we saw they had a big. I mean, not Janard, sorry, Diamond, because we saw they had a big debate over this, you know, uh, an episode or two ago in, in the, the boxing gym where, you know, Janard says there's a version of this story where it's the three of us, you know, running CBI, you know, with Diamond. And she didn't like that at all. They had a, they had a little argument over it. So I think, you know, that is going to be where the conflict comes between them because when they make their move, you know, their big chess move, their checkmate or whatever, I feel like Shanti is going to not see Diamond in the picture. You know, she's going to want him out the way and Janard is not going to stand for that. And that's why he's going to have to make the move, you know, of getting rid of her before she gets rid of Diamond. So I think that's, you know, where they're going with that. And, that's going to be entertaining to see. Um, Claudia, that's another one I can't call. 
you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do with this character. Uh, one, well, I guess what could happen is she's going to need legal representation. And we know that uh, she has the estate now. Um, and like, I think one of you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, the girlfriend, um, you know, maybe she'll kind of like manage her affairs a little bit. She's already kind of funded the the drug deal and everything. Uh, so maybe they'll create a situation where like she actually can't get any more money from her family or something, or maybe she owes her family and, you know, they're having trouble. So Claudia has to kind of coach her to run her estate and uh, also kind of run the drug business a little bit while also trying to get back at Shanti. So maybe that's her quest for, for the next season is basically trying to, you know, keep the estate running through her girlfriend. Um, and then also, I do believe there could be some sort of a power struggle between her and Murkovich on, from the inside, you know, with both parties wanting to, you know, snitch on the other or rat each other out or something or pin the blame on the other, maybe. So that could be a thing. Um, clearly, Murkovich, he, you know, these two characters, actually, they both have nine lives. Like Murkovich and Claudia have nine nine lives, you know. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess Claudia has eight now because one of the lives got, got used up now <laughs> with that stabbing. But yeah, uh, the, these two characters just won't go away, it seems. So that's going to be a thing. Um, and what else? Uh, I really don't know. So with, so with the Egan family, I just feel like it's going to be a lot of repairing things. I feel, I feel like Tommy has, has you know, he's got a lot to fix in his life. Uh, he has the crown now, sort of. He has to share it with Miguel, of course, but he he wanted the map. He's, all, he's almost all the way there, basically. Like, you know, this would be a, a good enough point for um, somebody to settle, like, not settle, but like, you know, you would be happy at this point kind of thing, you know, where he's at now because you run most of the city, you've united all of these gangs, you know, you can make some great money, like just by, you know, just reaping the rewards of what you've built up here. But we, I, I don't think that's going to be enough for him. He wants the, the number one spot, it seems like. So he is going to continue to pursue that. But at some point he also has to, understand that he needs his family too. So I feel like he's going to have to repair that, you know, because now JP do doesn't mess with him. Kate doesn't mess with him. And, you know, DMAC is just angry at everyone. So he has a lot to fix in that regard, you know, and then uh, the whole Maria, we just kind of talked about the Maria Miguel thing. And, you know, I kind of gave my predictions on what I think will happen there. So I won't, run through that again but yeah uh, i do see them working together eventually i'll just say that but those are kind of my main predictions um so i'm gonna go over to richard now i'm not sure if dan is there at the moment so go ahead uh when you're ready rich uh what's your predictions for season three yeah so uh yeah i, I believe dana had to leave um my my predictions for season three, I think you made a very good point about potentially King Kilo working with Murkovich 
because I think from a good strategy would be to take out your enemies from on the inside. The RDs are currently they're under the coalition right now. Even though King Kilo made that deal with uh, Gennard, there's nothing that says he can't you know have a change of heart because he emphasized that family is everything. So I kind of feel like he may not. It may not just end with him wanting to go after DMac. He may still do something else on the side just to protect himself because he doesn't trust CBI. So I want to see where they go with that. One thing I I I think we definitely will see is we will see uh, Tommy saving DMac since DMac saved him this season. I I kind of think we can come to that conclusion. So maybe Tommy is going to kill King Kilo, and that creates a problem as well with the RDs because Diamond may not want him to take that particular strategy in mind. And the whole time, it's complicated because Tommy does not know that Gennard has made this deal to basically have DMAC taken out. So it's going to be a lot of issues happening within the coalition, I think. They spent the second half of this season building up this, this team, so now they have to tear them apart. I think next season as for Claudia, I do think that uh, she is going to be seeking revenge. And yes, Elise, because they already told us in this show that Elise does not like Shanti. So yeah, they're going to have, they're going to butt heads. They're going to have some issues. She may try to get some retaliation. She can still have the Martez cartel come after Shanti. Maybe her gym gets destroyed or something to that effect. I definitely think that's going to happen next season, next season. Um. But outside of that, um, I don't really know what else I could predict. I know the Vic situation has to get resolved, and that should be the first thing that gets resolved at the start of the season because clearly I just don't think that uh, somebody who has snitched should be allowed to live throughout the entirety of the rest of the season. That just doesn't make any kind of sense. It's not very realistic. So we'll have to see where they go with that. But overall, I would say – I am curious to see how certain things go as we get into next season. So going to just stay tuned and see what happens, I guess. But I, I, but I am very curious to hear what everyone else has to say, because again, our, we have some of the most intelligent commenters, I think. So I would be very curious to hear what the, what their theories are as far as what's going to happen next season. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they have to say. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Um, I can't wait to see, you know, the abundance of theories that come after, you know, this episode. Um, yeah, uh, Dana had to actually leave for, uh, you know, uh, another interview, um, unfortunately. So uh, we can't get her predictions right now. Maybe she'll give them at another time. But uh, yeah, uh, that is going to be it for, for this episode. But we will, you know, do a, a quick round of shout outs here, you know, um, just before we wrap up, because, you know, it's going to be a few weeks now before we uh, get to, you know, another uh, another power cast because, you know, Raising Canaan, that actually begins on December 6th, right? I think it's the 6th. No, uh, December 1st. December 1st. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's real soon now. So... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so uh, I'm going to give a few shout outs. So big shouts to uh, Esther Negron, uh, you know, uh, Midnight Midnight Madness, uh, Just Being Honest, Tracy Lee, um, Inga76, uh, S.J. Smith, 
uh, let's see, Rainy J, um, and you know, KJ Beats, and uh, I think I'm forgetting some names here. Uh, uh, Jer- Jeremiah, yeah, def- definitely didn't want to forget Jeremiah, you know. So, big <laughs> shouts to them, you know, consistent commenters. In the and they're also they're always giving like great predictions and great thoughts on what happens. I also uh, want to give another big shout to uh, Dimitri, you know, a uh, good friend of mine. Um, he he basically called a lot in this final. Like with his predictions, he called a lot of things. Um, you know, in the in the finale. So, you know, big shouts to him. Um, and you know, shouts to. Uh, some of the other create content creators out there, you know, movie bot, big shouts to him. So, cause I spoke with him recently, so I definitely wanted to give him a shout but yeah. So that is uh, my shouts. How about you, Rich? You want shouts? Yeah. I want to give a shout out to some of the same people you mentioned, of course, Rainy J, uh, Inga. Um, and I, and I do want to give a shout out to uh, the soul firm entertainment because they left a comment on our last discussion as well. They also talk about power, so I would definitely encourage you guys to check out their channel. But yeah, I want to give them a shout out for sure, because I I did check out their last discussion. I thought it was was a very good discussion. So definitely check check them out. But yeah, and I look forward to seeing what everybody has to say about this week. Obviously, this episode, right after we watched the episode, we we had some thoughts. So uh, I can't wait to see what everyone else has to say about this episode because uh, I don't think everyone else is, is uh, you know, they may have some difference of opinion, but definitely let us know because I'm looking forward to you guys' comments and I will respond to your comments when I see what you have to say about the episode as well. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I will be responding. You know, since it's the finale, I'm going to try to respond as much as I can um, in the comments. So I can't wait to see what the, the dialogue is in the um, of course, I also want to give a big shout to Stars, you know, for uh, mm-hmm. giving us access to, you know, the assets and the show and everything. So, a big shouts to the whole team over at Stars. Shouts to Joseph Sakura, Gary Lennon, you know, some of the people behind Force. Um, and also, I, I want to shout out the Crew Has It podcast, you know, which is yeah. uh, Michael Michael Rainey Jr., Tariq, and uh, Braden. You know, they have their own show where they talk about a lot of, uh, sometimes they give a lot of behind the scenes information and stuff. So definitely check that out, you know, if you guys don't already listen to that. Um, but yeah, with that being said, you know, we'll be back December 1st. And you, you already know, this is the show that I love the most, Raising Canaan, you know. Yeah. That, that's that's the one I'm looking forward to. Um, so the energy levels are going to be high for, for that one. So, um, we'll, you know, we'll see you guys then. I can't wait till you guys get to see that episode, you know, first episode and everything. And I can't wait to finally be talking about it. So, you know, uh, until then you guys take care of yourselves and, uh, you know, stay healthy and hopefully we'll see a lot of the same faces return when we do, uh, start recapping raising Canaan. So, We'll see you guys later on. Peace out. Peace.